And I'd like to ask you to take God's Word with me this morning and turn with me to the book of Psalms again. Psalm chapter number 1, where we took our Scripture reading from this morning. Very thankful for the opportunity to speak and to share God's Word with you this morning. And uh, I hope and pray that this psalm would speak to you the way it has spoken to me over this past week. And no doubt the psalm like this, six verses, probably less than a hundred words easily, not, not very much here and in our mind's eye and human eyes. But even a short psalm like this, because the Word of God is living, contains within it more more than even some great works of, of literature that this world has to offer. Because it's alive. And in it, it carries a truth that can make you alive. And that can change your soul, that can change your life. I'd like to speak this morning with the help of the Lord on the tree and the chaff. The tree and the chaff. Let's read verses 3 and verse number 4 and draw these two verses really as the text for this morning. There's much more in this verse and in this chapter in Psalm chapter 1 and with the Lord's help, maybe another time we'll have the chance to look at that. But verse number 3 and verse number 4 of Psalm chapter 1 It says this, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The tree and the chaff. We live in times that are no doubt very unique, and I think it's probably safe to say that we live in a period of history where deception seems greater than ever before. It seems that through the philosophies of this world and through men like Nietzsche and Marx, through others like that, that Satan has woven a web and he spent centuries doing so, weaving this masterful web of lies. And it seems that when people get caught in that web of lies, that there's no way out. Because there are so many cords wrapped around them that even to, to argue or to uh, try to work through one web, one strand at a time, that there's no way to break through. And many in this world are entangled by this web of lies. And the truth is, as many in this church quite possibly still have some of those old webs still dangling around you and around me because of the deception of Satan himself. Revelations chapter 12 describes Satan as that that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. Which deceiveth the whole world. I wonder today, are you deceived? But in our day, more than even others, it seems that Satan has spun this web and therefore it seems as if he doesn't even have to do the work. 
Because if you look at the world today, you see that mankind is doing the work for him. There are many men and women who will stand up on the streets, stand and march through the city of Oxford, and proclaim their lies, proclaim their own deception. And the reality is our world today is really facing self-deception. We've deceived our own selves. We're doing it. I think you could say that there are many antichrists in our world today publishing lies. But I think the scariest part of all this is that this self-deception can be found even in the church today. I hope not in this church. But as you look across churches across this land and across uh, the United States of America and across Europe and even into parts of Asia and Africa and South America, the islands of the sea, we see deception. And we know that this is true because in, in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about people who would come to Him and say, Lord, Lord, we, we called out devils in Your name. People who thought that they were true believers, thought that they were true Christians. But Jesus Christ said that I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Why? Because they're deceived. They think they're okay. I wonder if that's you this morning. We deceive ourselves in thinking we're okay, don't we? We think, you know what? This is a small sin. It's just a a little bit of complaining. It's just a little bit of murmuring. It's just a little bit of bitterness. It's just a small amount of sin. It really won't affect anyone. But we deceive ourselves. Some think that just by coming under this tent this morning that they are somehow gaining favor with God. Maybe some think that if they go to a confession booth and and profess their sins to some man in a box, that they will be closer to God. We deceive ourselves just because we come to church. And truly, I think we deceive ourselves so often in thinking that we are closer to God than we truly are. As we read Psalm chapter 1, I believe that many of us would read it and we would like to think of ourselves as the man there in verse number one. Blessed is the man. Many of us this morning, I fear, think that we are that man. Or maybe we think we are verse number three. We are like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But I wonder this morning, are you deceiving yourself? Am I deceiving myself? Are we like the tree? Have we not only been born again, but in our Christian life, are we living like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water? And I do believe this morning that this passage draws a very black and white line between those who are believers like the tree and those who are lost and will perish, as verse number 6 says, as the chaff. But I do think that there are many believers today, many Christians today, 
who call themselves true Christians, and maybe they are. They are trees in actuality, but they live like they're chaff. I'll explain what I mean. But I wonder today if you really are like that tree or are you more like the chaff today? 1 Corinthians 11, considering the Lord's table, the Scriptures say, let a man examine himself. And I'm not here to examine you this morning. We need not go to a, a doctor or a physician for an examination except the Lord Himself. But I wonder, would you examine yourself this morning as we look at the description of this tree, as we look at what this chaff is, would you examine your own soul and ask yourself, are you right with God today? And are you where you ought to be? Or are you and am I deceiving ourselves into thinking that we're all right? That we're okay? We think we are safe. And maybe spiritually our eternal soul is, but our life is nothing more than chaff. Notice verse number 3, the tree. The tree. Are you like the tree? The psalmist describes and he pictures the blessed man. He gives us something that we can imagine. Something that we can understand. Something that all of us from the youngest of children can understand a tree. And the psalmist says that the blessed man, the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the one who is meditating day and night upon His law, that he, this man, the true Christian, the true believer, is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That godly man or woman is like a tree. Notice first of all that the tree is planted. The tree has roots driven into the earth to support to support to support, establish, sustain, and strengthen. The tree has a firm foundation. I wonder today, is that you? Are you a tree who has a firm foundation? You've driven your roots deep. You know the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. How the wise man builds his house upon the rock, yet the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And when the winds come, we're going to see more winds in this passage, but when the winds come, The man who's built on the rock stands firm. See, the reality is today the wind is coming. The wind has come. And the wind is blowing through this world. And I wonder, are you standing up to it? Are you firm? Are you sure? Are you secure? Are you rooted? Are you grounded? Do you have anything in you that is firm and strong? Or are you like this world just being blown, tossed to and fro? Built on the right foundation. Built on Christ. Colossians 2 says in verse number 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. You and I, and and some of you have have been Christians here and and you've recently come to the Lord or maybe you've been uh, walking with the Lord for a long time, but I wonder, are you really rooted? Are you firm? Are you secure? Do you have any sustenance to you? Any stability to you? In Matthew 15, verse 13, the Scripture says, Jesus said, every plant which My Father 
which my heavenly Father hath not planted, shall be rooted up. See, that's the danger. That's the danger. If, if, if God Himself has not planted you and rooted you, then the Scriptures say that we'll be rooted up. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I wonder this morning, are you planted? The tree, the godly man, is planted. Not only is he planted, the Scriptures say this, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The tree is by the waters. The tree, the blessed man, is by a source of nourishment and sustenance. In the scorching heat and in the driest of drought, he endures because he is by the waters. He doesn't, he doesn't worry about the hardships of this world. He doesn't worry about the storms of life. And though they're all around him, and though no doubt the tree, when the winds blow through, it shakes and it moves. Maybe a few leaves fall. Maybe a branch or two breaks, but he stays firm. Why? Because he's right there where the source of sustenance, the source of living water is right there. Notice the Scriptures say this, that He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It's not a singular river. It is a plural river. And I wonder today, are you planted by those rivers? The river of God's Word. The river of prayer. The river of abounding grace. The river of communion with God. It's plural, that there are rivers of water. I wonder, are you rooted? I think there are many Christians today that maybe you truly are a tree and maybe you would say that you are a planted tree. But I wonder, are you planted by the rivers of water or is your life out in a desert somewhere? Have you distanced yourself so far from the things of God Distance yourself so far from God's Word and from seeking His face, from communing with Him on a regular basis, that it's impossible for you to find any sustenance. And as soon as the heat comes, as soon as the summer comes, I wonder, will you dry up? This was the, 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 the parable of the sower and, and the seeds. There is four grounds, the thorny ground, the stony ground and the wayside, three out of the four perished. Why? Because they weren't planted deep. They weren't rooted. The tree is planted. The tree is by the rivers of water. The tree, the Scriptures say, is bearing fruit. He shall be like a tree by the, planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in His season. I wonder, does your life have fruit? There's an evidence a sweet fruit that others benefit from. A true Christian, a true godly person is a fruitful Christian. I wonder, is there fruit in your life this morning? Is there evidence? See, the tree, because he's planted by the rivers of water and his, his roots dip down deep, he draws up that nourishment from the, from the waters, from the Lord Himself, and he brings it up through his trunk and he, he, he pushes it out through his limbs and fruit is born. I wonder, maybe the reason some of us this morning aren't bearing that sweet and flavorful fruit is because our roots are not drawing from the living water. I wonder, does your life have fruit? Are you drawing from the source? 
The tree is a bearing fruit. The tree is, is fruitful. The tree also, the scripture says, does not wither. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. As the seasons change from summer to autumn to winter, the leaf remains and the beauty remains. This one, it, it, it's, it is no matter what time of year he remains, the leaf remains. It is an evergreen tree, a palm tree, an olive tree, always with leaves on it. I wonder, is that you? Can you retain the beauty of the Lord, the leaf, no matter what you go through? And it says, fifthly, that the tree is prosperous in everything. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is not a prosperity gospel, but it's to say simply that he is fully sustained in Christ and will not be found empty. I wonder, is that you? That's the tree. Examine yourself. I, I can't do it for you. But I wonder, are you like the tree? Planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season. Leafs that do not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I hope that's you this morning. But on the other hand, the Scriptures describe to us the ungodly. The ungodly man, the ungodly woman. The Scriptures don't say much about the ungodly. Quite honestly, even as you, if you consider the first three verses of Psalm 1 in comparison to verse 4, 5, and 6, there's much more said about what the godly person ought to be like and how the godly person should look. But when we come to the chaff, when we come to the ungodly, it simply says this, that the ungodly are not so. See, the reality is this morning is that the ungodly are lacking everything. And it is simply said of the ungodly that they do not have life. I think the, the simple description here that we see as it's described as the chaff is that the ungodly are simply this. The chaff is dead. They are not like the tree. They are not planted. They are not drawing water. They are not fruitful. They are withering. They are not prosperous. The chaff is dead. And this morning, if you and I were to, you know what the chaff is. It's the, the shell of the wheat that fall, flies off. And they would take the wheat and they'd throw it up into the air. And as the, the good part, the seed would fall, the chaff would blow away. And if you and I were to collect a handful of that chaff this morning, and we were to, to go down by the rivers of water and dig a hole and take that chaff and to place it into the ground very carefully and gently and to cover it with the soil once again and then to take some more water and to water the chaff and then we could go and get some fertilizer and fertilize the chaff and the next day we could do the same and we could care for it and we could tend to it and we could do all we could to this chaff. Guess what would happen? Nothing. Because it's dead. 
And the reality is this morning, as some of you, your life is like chaff. You've taken it and you've taken it down by the rivers of water and you've planted it and you've cared for it and you've coddled it and you've loved it. But guess what? There is nothing happening because it is dead. I wonder, is that you this morning? You say, I want to be like a tree. I want to have life in me. I want to have zeal and passion. I want to have excitement about the things of God. Maybe you are a true believer. You've been converted. You've been passed from death unto life. But you live like the chaff. Dead. You come to, you come to church. You spend time in prayer, but there's nothing there. Dead. Ephesians chapter 2 says that they were sometimes dead in their trespasses and sin. See, the reality is, and you know this, that we are all born dead. For the wages of sin is death. Our life spiritually is non-existent. There's nothing there. And I wonder today if this is you, are you spiritually without Christ? The river of water of the world, word of church, of the grace of God is rushing over you every week, but it does nothing because you're chaff. The sun beams, but still nothing. Today, if that is you, if you are the chaff and you look at your life, you examine it, can I tell you, you need to be made alive. You need to be made uh, quicken, the Scriptures say. You need the Lord to breathe into you the breath of life. You need Christ today. There's nothing that I can do for you. There's nothing that anyone in this church can do for you to make you alive. What you need today is the Lord Jesus Christ to breathe into you the breath of life, to resurrect you. Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Why? Because He has risen again. And today, if you are lost, if you are like the chaff, then you need that life. And it is found in nowhere else but in Christ alone. I wonder, do you know what it is to pass from death unto life? Some of you come week after week. And week after week, you blow in like chaff and you blow out like chaff. Not getting right with God. The chaff is dead. But today, you can be made alive through the power of Christ who truly is the life giver. The chaff is dead. But I want you to notice also, not only is the chaff dead, but the chaff is driven. Now when I say that, I don't mean that the chaff has, has power and passion and goes forward and drives on. But it's simply this. Notice what it says. But the ungodly are not so, verse number 4, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. And I wonder today, lost person, Christian, brother, sister in Christ, are you being driven by the wind of this world? We had a, a windstorm here last week. Many of you guys were here. I was not. But the wind came in. It came down over off the hill there, through the door, no doubt. 
and blew this entire wall back. Many of you guys remember that? Rushing about trying to figure out how to keep this tent from itself flying into the wind with the, the chaff itself. The wall went back. Everything was falling apart because the wind came. It blew it. But some of you guys are like that in your life. Every time a new doctrine and a new breeze comes by, a new political philosophy comes through the, through the doors of your heart, you blow along. You blow here, you blow there. The wind driveth you like chaff. And I wonder today, is that you? You're blown about with every wind of doctrine, the Scriptures say. The wind of politics, the wind of humanism, the wind of pleasures, the wind of knowledge, the wind of worry and anxiety. Some of you are so driven that others look at you and they wonder, how could they consider themselves a tree? They're nothing more than chaff. Blown about with everything. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. James chapter 1 verse 6 says that they were like a wave driven with the wind. Is that your life today? Are you driven about with all that's going on in this world? Tossed to and fro. Why? Because you have no stability in your life. No root. Can I tell you where it's found? It is found in Christ. If you're going to have any substance to you, if you're not going to be like the chaff which just blows with the wind, then you need to be planted by the rivers of water. Planted next to the source of life. Planted next to Christ. See, the reality is, that you will either be planted by the rivers of water or the winds of this world will continually blow you about. See, the wind is blowing and the waters are flowing. But the question is, is which of those two are you going to allow to influence you? The, the winds of this world or the water of Christ Himself? I wonder, are the winds of this world driving you today? We were in the open air yesterday. And as we do, we go out and we preach. But we saw a great wind gust, if you will, blow through the streets. For 15 minutes solid, the winds blew through the streets. And people were blown as the chaff. A great, a great, we started to see a large banner forming at the end of Corn Market and a great crowd of, of people were forming and we, we heard the band playing the, there were trumpets and trombones, there were drummers and, and, and on and on for minutes and minutes at a time. We watched thousands of people march by on Corn Market, marching with the wind of the Extinction Rebellion. For what purpose? So concerned. So concerned about this world. So concerned about this planet that their own souls, their own souls will someday burn if they don't get right with God. 
more concerned about this earth. Now, no doubt, God gave us stewardship of this earth and we ought to be responsible for it. But God will be the only one who burns this planet up. He will come in judgment and and I don't look forward to it and I praise the Lord that I won't be here when that happens. But judgment is coming. But it is not going to be brought by the hands of man or by the creation itself. It will be brought by the hands of God. But you know what was the most heartbreaking thing about that? Right in the middle of that, 15 minutes we stood there and watched people march on. The wind was blowing and the chaff was flowing. But right in the middle of that, there was a man who was marching along And on his shoulder, he was carrying something. He had built himself a cross. And he was dragging that cross through the streets. And I looked him in the eye and I said to him, are you a Christian? And he smiled at me boldly and said, yes. What a mockery of God. Jesus Christ said, take up your cross and follow who? Follow Him. Not the winds of this world. What a mockery of God. Do you think that Jesus Christ died on the cross to be drugged through the streets? as a need to save the planet He created? What foolishness. This is the wind of this world blowing through. And I wonder, will you get caught up in it? Many people are. But I hope and pray that people in this church aren't getting driven about, tossed to and fro with the winds of this world. Examine yourself, and I'll do myself. The wind is blowing, and the waters are flowing, but I wonder which one will affect you and me more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word. And we thank Thee that we can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I pray and ask that I would be, and that everyone here this morning would be. Lord, let us not be deceived by the wind of this world. I pray and ask, Lord, that Thou would save those souls that are lost here this morning. Please save them, O Lord. Help them to get right with God, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name.